And you're on. It's movie time, and we're back again with movie time. Welcome to our Friday edition of movie time. Hopefully you all are having a great week, and that you enjoyed our Wednesday show all about Hollywood scams. And now tonight, we are going to be broaching a very interesting, controversial topic for all of us. Ideal actor versus popular actor. And now I know that this can sound like a really nice, not in-depth topic, but it really actually is. Because sometimes, you know what, they're just casting the wrong person for the role, just simply because it's popular. Sometimes, you know what, they got it right, and they got the ideal casting, and you're going, hell, I couldn't live without them uh, being in that role. So that uh, that being said, I also have uh, our host with us. Hey, Kinsey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, It's been an excellent week, uh, and I'm just looking forward to the weekend and what's coming up next. Very cool. And we also have Arpo with us. Hey, Arpo, how you doing? Hey, hey, hey. I'm doing good. You know, coming down, this is almost the end of the celebration of me that started last Friday on my birthday. So, I still got a couple more days I I can squeeze out of it, I think. Woo! It's like, why not? And yeah. tonight, like I said, we have an extremely interesting topic in regards to that. So uh, getting into that, it's like, let's see. Let's talk about it first from the point of view, because we recently had the Oscars that happened in other award shows as well. So it's like, thank you for the congratulatory things and all of that and all of the great ones, all of the great shows. But you know, it's award season is slowly heading down its path for uh, for a lot of the shows and stuff. I don't think that there's another one coming up, is there? Um, I think the next one is the Tonys, which I believe is in June. Yes. That's and that the kind of marks... Yeah, that's for the theater world. And it, it, it kind of marks the in-between the beginning and the... Or the end and the beginning, I guess I should say. Yeah. Because they kind of start with the Emmys and then roll through to the Oscars. And the Tonys are just out there by themselves going, we count too. Actually, we do. I, I actually quite enjoy the Tony Awards each and every year. I'm kind of sad I missed last year's Tonys. It kind of made yeah. me cry. But it's like also in terms of actors, I can think of several movies that I sat there and said, what were they thinking when they casted this person? Were they thinking that the movie needs to be a success or were they thinking how much YouTube votes do I get to have uh, and what Twitter popularity are they? Because they were completely wrong for the role. Can you think of any movies, uh, Kinte or uh, Arpo, that you could think of that they were completely wrong for the role? Let's say uh, everything, just about everything except for Hollywoodland that Ben Affleck's been in. Uh, Argo, for example, I thought Ben Affleck shouldn't have been in that. Uh, This movie that he just did, The Accountant. He was uh, <laughs> not. I think they could have got a better actor for or another actor to play the part. Uh, not to beat up on Agreed. Ben Affleck, but let's beat up on him. Uh, yeah, you know he's a he's 
not cast properly in a lot of movies. Um, those are just to name a few. Yes. Uh, Gods of Egypt was the complete... You know, I love Gerard Butler. Don't <laughs> get me wrong. I am like a huge uber Gerard Butler fan. But not the right venue there. It's like, especially when you're talking Egypt. There wasn't one... I think one Egyptian person in the entire movie. No. What about you, Uh, Well, for... I, I kind of feel about Tom Cruise the way Kente feels about Ben Affleck. I mean, Tom Cruise has done a couple of good projects, but most of the time, I feel that he's cast for his star power, you know, and, and what that's how, what that's going to attract to the box office instead of whether or not he's really right for the part he's playing. Yes. There's also been a couple of times, and I understand that they wanted to pump off of the Twilight and Twilight series things, but there's been a couple of things that Kristen Stewart has been in that it's like, really, she shouldn't have been in. She just was not right for that part. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. Yeah, did not. Uh, it did not work. Or um, I have to honestly say, mm, it was one of the. Uh, it was also one of the reasons for the whole why it, the whole dawn of justice thing doesn't work for me either. It's like you know there is no offense, like uh, you know with the whole Batman v Superman thing. I'm sure that a lot of people, like I said, I'm not beating up on that movie again, kid. But I am going to beat up on it for a second here. I've also wronged castings for a lot of things. Everything from Lex Luthor straight on through uh, down to actually, you know, it's like just because he looks like Superman does not mean that he is you know, a Superman-ish quality. I, you know what? Henry Cavill is not a bad actor, but he has no personality at all. He is yep. like, he has the personality of a thumbtack, and but yes. not as sharp. <laughs> Okay, so, you know, uh, I mean, I, he's a, I guess he's a likable person in interviews and stuff, but seriously, I'm just not, uh, you know, he's just boring. Actually, I actually kind of liked Brandon Routh better, even though mm-hmm. if I had, at a gunpoint, if I had to choose between those two movies, I would watch the Brandon Routh movie, and that's pretty sad. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I would rather watch um, Man of Steel over the Brandon Routh movie, but I kind of liked Brandon Routh a little bit better as Superman. And obviously Mm -hmm. their Lex Luthor was better. So, you know, but yeah, I mean, he could have continued for me as a Superman. Um, But, you know, I understand why they went in another direction. Well, you know, the, the problem is for our generation, you know, we had Christopher Reeve, and there is never going to be a better Superman. Granted, most, well, I'll say half of the movies were pretty atrocious. Three and four yes. were real stink bombs. But still, he but, managed to make them good. Yes. But I was going to say, you know, just being able to see him again in the part, you, you, you really enjoyed his performance, even as you were sitting there going, oh, this movie really sucks. He's good, though, you know. 
See, now there's times, though, that they also get the casting absolutely right. I cannot see anybody but Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool. Oh, absolutely not. It's like they, for they, those of you, for those of you who have not gone to see Logan yet, there is a Deadpool teaser trailer for Deadpool Two that precedes the movie. Although it is now also on YouTube, yes. I definitely recommend you look you you check it out because uh, Ryan Reynolds is a hell of a great actor for that part. I'm glad you. Yes. Put, I'm glad you put at the end for that part. <laughs> yeah. yes, it's, it's, it's... there's a, also been a couple of other uh, ones that he's actually been in that have been and in terms of also well, a broke clock is right twice a day yes Not and, a fan. This, and it's like there's been a lot of times that I look at certain as I said actors actresses in terms of film also television there's been some actors that have had television roles that I'm sitting there going, I'm not sure why you cast this person in this TV series. I understand they were really super popular, but they just never seem to be right for that television series. Really? I, I, I think they tend to get it right, though, for TV, in my estimation. I think they get it right, for the most part. For the most part, well, yes. When they don't get it right, the shows generally tend to only run for a season. Yeah. Like, they, it, I don't think that they really got, for example, um, Agent Carter right. Mm, she was not that. the right one for that role. Well, she played the part in the first uh, Captain America movie, so uh, they were, uh, I felt like they, I, I guess they felt they owed her the opportunity to play the part before anybody else. Yeah. And I have a feeling that when they're... It's like, this is a... I'm not sure what they're going to do with the Divergent series. Because it's like a, a lot of the actors from the movie finding out that it was a, an, a, it's going to be an MOW and then it's going to be a TV series bowed out. They're going to have a lot of convincing for a lot of people. Um, that these are the right actors. Yeah, that you know, I mean, that they're they're going to be uh, facing a real serious problem with that because uh, everybody that was in the movies was so well cast in the parts that it's just you know, Charlize Theron not playing her part. It's Thanks like, for coming on. Congratulations. Uh, I, I, what do they get? There isn't anybody. Oh, that's right. There's nobody. And like I said, sometimes what it is is it's dealing with popularity. And I am going to beat up on the one the movie that has a perfect version of this, Gem and the Holograms, which had nothing to do with Gem and the Holograms. Wrong casting straight from the get-go. Simply because you can sing does not necessarily make you an actor. You know, it's interesting you said that because I think there's this debate of if you're doing a movie that's about a um, a singer, right? Like a famous singer. Do you go mm -hmm. for do you go for an actor who can or a singer and make them into an actor, or do you go for a singer 
Wait, I'm an actor and then teach him how to sing. I say act first and then yeah. do it. That, I mean, me personally, I think I think it's more important to get the acting right in movies. So, you know what I mean? Like, so that, I, 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 I land on the... I mean, it's always good if you can have an actor who can sing. That's, you know, gold, right? Yeah. But if, if oh, I yeah. had to choose... Like, if you want to see, like, someone who gets all the singing right, but all the acting, they suck, that's a worse movie. I would rather see lip syncing than uh, than um, someone who's just terrible at acting. And then, but when they get to the songs, they're wonderful, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that I was actually about to make, you know, a similar point to that, which is you can lip sync singing. You can't lip sync acting. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's very true, and I will say three uh, three movies that got it uh, extremely right in terms of actor and uh, singer would probably be um, Mamma Mia, got it right for Meryl Streep. They should never have let Pierce Brosnan sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like no insult to Pierce Brosnan, but um, my dad said it's better in the shower. Mm. And uh, it's like, and in terms of other movie that uh, got it right, I would probably say that uh, Les Mis, Les Miserables got it right. Yes. Absolutely spot on with each one of the, the singers. For that, with uh, the possible exception of Russell Crowe. I mean, he did, he did a passable job. He did a very passable job singing, yes. but it, you could tell singing was not his forte. No. And I would probably say that the third, uh, that the third movie that really got it, uh, that hmm, there's quite a few that actually they kind of got it right, but didn't actually get it uh, get it absolutely spot on perfect. But I'd probably say that if you had to have a third movie in that cycle, that Probably got it right, and I know that this. Uh, I'm dating myself in the Wayback Machine oh. um, when I say this. Satisfaction got it right. Yeah, I can't get now. They too got it yeah. very right. I was quite happy about the fact that it's like with a lot of movies that they allow for. A soundtrack to be there instead of just the actor singing. But yes, yeah. there are times that it's like, it, for example, with race. Um, Kinti and I were talking about this as well. It's like when they're absolutely gender swapping out race for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, it's like when it ends. One of the most controversial ones was when they casted um, Joseph Fiennes to be Michael Jackson. Oh, Jesus. uh, Thank goodness that that never came to fruition. No, it did. That movie's out. It did? Yeah, that movie's out. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, like the whitest dude playing blackest guy. Well, that's debatable. Yeah, that's up to interpretation. Yeah. Um, but you know what, though, I, I want to call out Hollywood on this. And look, 
I think some of well, okay. Let me start off by saying this: as much as me and Arpo and Grayson, we would love for Hollywood to be about the art and all of that. It's really not right. It's commerce, right? Yes. So I get it because it's people's jobs on the line and it's about making money, right? But yes. there's this thing that I don't like because it just irks me. This idea of hiring actors because they have, you know, a lot of followers on social media and you see it more and more and more. Like there's a lot of uh, people, I won't call any names out, but there's a lot of people who literally gotten movies because they have like a million followers on Twitter. So part of their Mm -hmm. deal is that you'll get the role, but you got to tweet out about the movie and stuff. And, you know, I mean, it may work. Because there's a couple of movies that's come out with a lot of those people in it. And it got a lot of, you know, it seemed to work, right? Uh, Tyler yeah. Perry, for example, uh, in the movie Boo, uh, you know, he had a lot of YouTube people. And the movie made a lot of money. And a lot of people cited that that was, you know, part of it. But he does have a brand, too, that is very successful. So, you know, I don't want to take away from that as well. But, you know... I just don't like it. It makes me my skin crawl. The idea of hiring people because they got a lot of social media followers. Now, it, now let me clarify this. There's people that, cause I, I, I got in this debate and I want to clarify this. There's people who come from the social media background who are amazing talents. They were yeah. just great talents. Uh, one, the person who I just think is amazing uh, talent is this guy named Donald Glover. Donald Glover is brilliant, brilliant actor, uh, rapper, uh, writer. I mean, the guy can do it all. And he got started off of YouTube. So that guy, you know, I, I, you know, I, I don't count that, but I mean, these people who are not really talented, they found a cheat code in the the system, you know, and they're exploiting it like these kind of people who who, you know, are, I guarantee in years from now, we're not going to be talking about these people in a positive light. It's those people I can't stand to see. I mean, I I don't want to be like I'm a hater or nothing like that, but it's just like, you know, there's a lot of way, there's a lot of reasons why people who train in the craft don't get parts. You know, obviously if a singer or a rapper or whatever who has a following, they get in there. But you know what? I will challenge that is better than somebody off of YouTube because at least, you know, they've worked up, you know, in, and was great at a craft that led them to that. Whereas the social media thing is just so fly by night. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It just makes my stomach hurt. Just thinking that yeah. people are getting roles in major parts because they have a lot of followers. Purely, that's it. Not whether they're good, they're smart or whatever, or they're really good at their, what they do. Um, a, a guy who's great is Paige Kennedy, who didn't actually got started in mainstream, but then was able to manipulate the whole social media thing and it helped him in his career. But, you know, someone like him, for example, because people will use him as, as like, well, what about Paige Kennedy? And uh, if you don't know him, just look him up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, He's brilliant. He's talented. He's a talented person who, you know, who went to Juilliard. You know what I mean? He studied Shakespeare. Okay. So, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There you go. Right. So it's a difference between some chucklehead who, 
you know, eats uh, cereal out of a bathtub or something and gets a lot of views by acting like a jackass. You know, those people are the ones that makes my stomach hurt just to think that, you know, they're getting parts because of this. My question to before we talk about that aspect of it, and then I want to I just want to put this out here is. You know what? I'm going to save this part. I'm, let me write it down because I want this to be kind of a broader conversation. What, yeah. I'm, what I'm about to say, but I just want to I want to start off with that. Uh, the, the idea of having a lot of followers leading to you getting cast. And some of these people don't I don't in my estimation are out of out of their league in some of these things, too. But go ahead. What do you guys think about that? Anybody who doesn't have the proper training is going to be out of their league. That is just flat out. This is why people pay tens of thousands of dollars to go to Juilliard, right. to go to uh, Stanislavski, to, to, to go to uh, Howell Prince Theater or whatever, you know, all these act, you know, and quite frankly, the, the true actor never stops training. What is it like? They're, what do you think it's like that you're at the cafeteria, at the, you know, on set or whatever at the, the, the uh, craft services table and, you know, you went to Juilliard, you've done all this work. And then the person that got top billing over you is like some chucklehead who ate cereal out of a bathtub. And you're like, it must, it must make you want to throw up. <laughs> I'd be like, don't even talk to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm the one who deserves to be here. You're the one who got lucky. <laughs> and, like, guess, yeah. and guess what? T and guess what? Ten years from now, I'm still going to be here. You're going to be back eating cereal out of the bathtub. <laughs> Look, when it comes down to somebody, it's like a, for YouTube popularity. As far as I am concerned, it's like with the YouTube popularity thing, it's like, okay, if you have talent... Sure, but just because you can rock, like you can get people to follow you, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to watch you. Right. It's yeah. like where you have a major Twitter page. It doesn't mean that I'm going to watch you on screen because it's like, uh, prove to me that you have talent. There's a difference, like, for example, when 50 Cent got his, uh, his acting gig. Mm -hmm. That was cool. Yeah, he's talented. You know? Yeah, get in, get Richard I trying. Mm -hmm. He's t and he was telling his story. Yes, exactly. He was telling his story, so it's like that was cool. Or when Eminem yeah. did Eight Mile, you know, again, you know, it's like it hey, same, same uh, sort of uh, line. It's like actors who are, it's like you know, you are a singer, you are telling your story, therefore you are on the screen. But see, though, in terms of YouTube actors, it's like I don't it. They, they don't even belong on Dancing with the Stars. They should stick to where they belong. <laughs> that which is the trash can. Um, you know what though? But see though, because people always want to compare an actor or a rapper or a comedian or you know who jumps the line um, with the YouTube people. But I don't think it's the same because first no. of all, acting and I mean singing is entertainment. As well yes. as, um, you know, rapping and as well as, you know, stand-up comedy. So if you worked your way up in one of those fields, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and to me, that's different. You know, that's to me, it's different. Especially like a comedian, you know how hard it is to make it as a comedian, you know, and you, 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 you know, you, you go work to clubs, do all this stuff and you finally get some success. So, you know, in, in that, for me, that's different than some jerk face who, you know, is just a butthead on the internet who found some, like I said, they found a cheat code at life and figured, you know, I mean, more power to them. Right. But. Definitely. You know, but it just makes my stomach hurt, you know, just to think that these, you know, these people are getting over, you know, like, and, um, so, okay. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, um, bring this up because, and I think we really should do a whole like series on this. Okay. Yes. So, okay. Television is doing pretty well, right? It's uh, non non um, network. Network isn't doing as well, but like the cable and the streaming they're services, doing decent, they're, but they're, no, not major. They're not doing as well. Like it, it's a golden age, right? As yes. far as content and all of that stuff, right? Okay, so the movie industry is seemingly not doing as well. You know, like yes, there's a lot of. I think there's way more flops than it has been in a long time. It's mm-hmm. uh, Hollywood is searching for material. And uh, so they're, they're trying to go for surefire hits and all of this stuff, right? So my mm-hmm. question to you guys is, okay, this isn't the first time, obviously, Hollywood. Hollywood's gone through this a couple of times, right, in the history. And yeah. they, they've been, you know, uh, like in the 70s. Uh, you know, the black exploitation films saved Hollywood. Uh, you can go back before that with other, you know, films. And so what, in your estimation, like, do you see that there is a problem, first of all, with the the, 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 the film, the movie industry, as far as um, content and stuff like that? And then also, too, you got to pay a couple of masters, right? One master is you can't, we can't sit here as much as we want to make it all about, you know, the art and stuff. How can you serve the commerce God as well as the artistic God, you know, equally well? Is that possible in 2017? It is. Right. Yes. Yes. First off, there's been, there is lots of content that is out there. The problem is that um, the are reluctant to giving new works a chance and giving and giving topics a new thing of a chance because they want to have a surefire formula that they believe is what the audience wants to see. Where the audience has craved original material, the the Hollywood system in terms of distribution has taken a look at it and said, well, yes, they do want that material, but however, we don't know if that formula works. So we don't want to invest our dollars into something that may or may not work. In regards to it but there are plenty of stories that are out there and I'm not saying that everything deserves to be done another thing is is that we have seen also the same list of actors over and over again we tend to have the it person that comes into 20 movies in a a consecutive row in different parts but um, they seem to be the it person Um, we don't but at the same time it's not the old Hollywood system and they're still living in 1940, a lot of times, where it's like, again, you know, 
not every movie has to have, you know, X actor in it to be popular. Sometimes introducing new talent is great, but having a combination of new talent and older talent, absolutely. But at the same time, it starts out with the story. They have to start learning that people want original, independent content. Now it's spewing out the same story over and over again. But do you believe it's because that? Because obviously though. the formula is not working. Is that true though? Because, because for us, yes. But I'm serious. Like, there's yes. a lot of movies that I, when I see the promos for it, I'm sitting there like, who is gonna like this? And then there's people like, oh, I can't wait for it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, it looks like trash. Like, yes. um, you know, like. I, I pulled up the best movies of the 70s. Last year, we did a whole thing on the 70s, 80s, and 90s and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so, let's say, do we all agree that the 70s was a good period for movies? It was for a lot of parts. It was, yeah. Okay, so I'm going was... to list a movie and you tell me if basic, essentially the same kind of movie would be big now. Okay. Let's just say that movie, we live in an alternate universe where that movie never existed. Okay. Okay. All right. The French Connection. Definitely would. Yeah. So you think that the people of today, as much as I love that movie, do you really think the idiots of today would appreciate a movie like The French Connection? Yes. They'd say it's so boring. It's too much talking. No, they would have to put more action into it, unfortunately, for a lot of the today's crowd be, of the attention span no, of five I'm minutes. I'm talking about the same movie, movie, essentially the same movie. Essentially the same movie, yes. Okay, you guys have way more faith than I do. Um, taxi Driver. No, they would not take on Taxi Driver today. I, no, I, 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 yeah, well... Yeah, that's that's a it's an iffy one, uh, and we it, all agree it's a great movie, right? On on the cast, and but we yeah. all we all agree it's a great movie, right? These are these are uh, all movies that yeah. I'm gonna mention are great movies, right? Okay, yeah. are we all in agreement that but, Chinatown is a great movie? Yes. Oh yeah. Do you think they actually redid Chinatown? Unfortunately, they did. They redid Chinatown. Essentially the same. I don't. I don't even know about no remake of Chinatown. But I, I bet it didn't do well. Kurt Russell was in it. Kurt Russell? Are you so, Are you sure? He so. Okay. No, that's Big Trouble in Little China. No, that's right. Big Trouble. That's not this. That's yeah. not a remake. That's <laughs> that's right. But no, Chinatown. <laughs> that's right. It, no, yeah, that yeah. is hilarious. By the way, Big Trouble in Little China, great movie. Great movie. Yes, you and great original. But. I, I don't think if Chinatown came out now, as much as I love this film, I just watched it yeah. recently, the chuckleheads of today no. wouldn't appreciate no, would. it. I'm, it I, so what no. I'm asking you, because we live in a dumbed down society, I'll give you another one, The uh, the Deer Hunter. Great movie, right? We all agree. Uh-huh. Could they Russell even make a, Oh my God. Could they make yeah. another Deer Hunter right now? No. I'm talking about, not a remake. I'm talking about nope. we live the same essential movie. No, no one, they would not. No adding action and all of that crap. It's just the same. So let me ask you this. Are, is the audience today dumber than they were in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s? It's what I, I call the dumbing down of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It is the dumbing down of Hollywood. It is not the audience. No. Hollywood has treated us like we're all a bunch of dumbasses that don't understand what's good. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I find the Hollywood attitude at times to be positively offensive. Oh, we better put Tom Cruise in the next Mummy movie or it won't make any money. Well, it's not going to yeah. make any money because it's yet another mummy movie. The franchise has been done to death. And he's, he must be desperate for a hit because, you know, it's like, this doesn't seem like a movie. They must be giving him a lot of money because this doesn't even he seem like the kind of movie he would do. Uh, well, so, Once again, the point I was making with Tom Cruise in general, okay? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, okay, uh, a friend of mine told me that uh, they're, uh, no, 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 wait, no, they're remaking Halloween for the third time, right? Eek! And uh, the first movie is... Eek alone! The first movie Uh, Wait, Halloween Halloween or Friday the 13th? I know they're remaking Friday the 13th for a third time. I didn't hear about Halloween. No, actually all three of them, Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and... Friday thirteenth. I think they canceled though the Friday thirteenth uh, remake, but essentially, you know, it was remade by Rob Zombie, who basically admitted that he wasn't a fan of doing it. He just wanted to check. You know, uh, he never even thought that Halloween was that good. So now they're gonna remake it again, and wow. I'm thinking like, what was you know what was? It's funny. I rewatched Halloween like sometime last year. And it's not a brilliant movie as far as plot and all of that stuff, right? It's pretty basic, you know? Yes. But it's, yeah. you know, it's just John Carpenter is so amazing as a director. And he, he directs the hell out of that mediocre material, basically, is the reason why it's so good. That's the reason why the other movies are not as good, because they don't have a director like John Carpenter, you know, <laughs> directing it. Well, not... Not not only that, and not just the direction. I mean, John Carpenter really refined, redefined the genre mm-hmm. with Halloween. Oh yeah! He's All a- of a sudden, you know, it was it, it 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 created a whole new market that eventually turned into the splatter market. But what yeah. made John Carpenter's vision so amazing was the fact that it didn't have the graphic violence in it. Right. It didn't have the blood and gore in it and it was still scary. Yes. Yeah, I mean, mean, it was shot amazingly well and the tension and the score and all of that good stuff. But, okay, so I want to believe Arpo that we're not dumb. They're just treating us like we're dumb. I, I want to believe that, but sometimes I wonder, man, with these these uh, this audience, like, you know, like, do they, you know? But then again, okay, television makes me feel like people do want good stuff because, like, yes. Breaking Bad, you know, for example, uh, it's great writing, it's great storytelling, you know, obviously great acting and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. people seem to like that. Uh, same thing with The Wire and uh, House of Cards and stuff like that. So, 
it seems like that stuff is written for intelligent viewer, right? But yes. movies seem and to be... they're all hugely successful. I, I I hasten to add. Yeah. So it seems like the movie part of Hollywood is a lot of it is written for not so bright people, and the yeah. television seems to be written for you know a lot of television. I guess not a hundred percent television, but a lot of television seems to be written for the thinking person. It seems like you know. Well, what they essentially do is uh, it's like Hollywood in terms of the film industry, they they realize that it's like, look, okay, so you have two hours to tell uh, or an hour and 40 minutes to tell the movie. It's not like it was also like with television series. It's even though they call it one hour programming, let's face it, it's really about mm, 40 minutes of programming with a bunch of commercials in between that uh, that call it a show except for uh, on the specialty channels like hbo etc where yes you do actually have one hour of television that or an hour and a half of television that you're watching during that time span what they are when they're using the television attitude they're using it from the perspective of the audience wants the, the plot to slowly develop so what they do is they feed it to you a little at a time with a film, they have to feed it to you all at once, and you have to be able to get it. The problem is, is that Hollywood has conditioned people to accept the dumb and dumbers and ignore the Chinatowns. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of... younger executives see it as, ooh, we have to keep up the, with the gaming industry and the television industry, so we got to make it, like, you know, fast and interesting. And... Uh, and let's not keep a plot going for two hours. You, you know, but, one thing I don't like is this thing where they say, well, the millennials, they have a short attention span. The millenn- Well, maybe we should start forcing the millennials to sit their ass down. <laughs> you know, like, like they're talking about, I'm so tired of that. Like, they want to mess with baseball. I'm a big baseball fan. Because they said the millennials, they, you know, they only want to watch stuff 10 minutes at a time. You know, it, it's like... My thing is like this. I don't even think it's just the millennials because when I was when I was younger, you know, I you know I was out doing my thing, so I didn't. You know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't sitting around watching baseball games that no. much anyway. It was you know I think it's just for people. I think when you get older, period, you are more settled in and you have, you know, you know what I mean? Like I don't think it's just the millennials. Like it's some new f- thing. I think that maybe. You just give them time; they'll they'll be more apt to, you know, you know what I mean. Like I don't, I don't think I think maybe they're, they're jumping the gun with this whole millennial thing. Like you got to make everything five minutes because they have a short attention span. It's like if you can't have, if, you know what? If you can't stay sit still for like six minutes, then you know what? F you. Yeah, and yet at the same time, they'll watch a YouTube video for an hour. On how to like blast people in Minecraft. I mean, you know, they like what they like, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's like anything, right? It's like if I tell you, if I tell you that, um, you know, on Thursday I may need you to do something, right, to help yeah. me out. You may remember it, you may not, right? Mm-hmm. But if I tell you on Thursday I'm coming over to your house with a briefcase full of money, you're going to remember that shit. 
Yes. Because it affects you personally. So you're going to commit that to memory. You're going to be thinking about it the whole week. So I think maybe if they they did stuff that, you know, they could get into, you know, I don't think it's necessarily you got to dumb stuff down, make it short, make it, you know, for people with a short attention span. I just think people with the short attention span, you're not going to get them anyway. Well, and this is the whole thing is you have to make the content compelling. If you don't make the content compelling and the people compelling that are doing it, you're going to have a short attention span. It, it happens for even me who has a long attention span in regards to it. If I am not engaged in the subject that is happening, I will wander off somewhere uh, there. I'll turn it off or I'll be pausing it for hours and hours and hours at a time to watch a show because I don't want to. It's like it's not engaging me enough to want to sit there for the one hour or the 40 minutes or whatever the time it's taking because it's not engaging me. Well, the same thing that's happening with a lot of Hollywood things, because it's like if you're being regurgitated over and over and over again, the same story, the same kind of content, of course they're going to lose interest. And of course their attention spans are going to be like five minutes. It's like been there, seen that before. Why do I need to watch it again? And that's the whole entire uh, problem that has happened. It's like in the nutshell of why the box office dollars don't translate. They want to have the same thing that they feel is safe, but at the same time don't realize safe is not where it's at in this, in this day and age. And if they actually took a poll and listened to their audiences, they would realize independent commercial films are the new rage, are the new, are the new big box office. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, and one only has to look at the box office figures for the last couple of weeks to see what was on top and in second place for those two weeks to know that she's absolutely right. Yeah. Because Get Out was the number one movie the weekend it came out, and last weekend it placed second only to Logan. Yeah. And that's not... A big movie. I mean, there's not a lot of big stars in that movie. You know, uh, it's written and directed by Jordan Peele, who a lot of people know from television, from the Key and Peele show. But, uh, you know, it, uh, it's it's phenomenal, the kind of success that that movie is, is having, because it's just a good movie. Has its flaws, but overall... A, a good movie. Well, you know, um, there's a lot of movies that are not made with a big bu- box office. I mean, big budget that are doing well. A lot of the the new the religious movies, right? They keep coming out, and we'll talk about it when I do the box office review. You kind of spoiled my uh, thing, but I mean, I'm pretty sure people figured out. <laughs> what was it. But uh, you know, but you know, there's a lot of. I mean, movies can make money. Uh, you yeah. know, it's funny though. They see. A guy like um, Jason Blum is small potatoes. I'm talking about the the big, because they they're thinking of, they got in this thing about you know what we want the big tent things right, and I'm like yes. you know yeah. maybe they need to start bringing down these budgets, bring it yes. and, and and focus on a lot of Jason Blums, you know like just making really good, you know solid movies that turn a huge profit. 
You know, like you don't need to have the billion dollar box office movie. You can have uh, like, like remember the movie Spectre, right? That came out last yeah. year or the year before. They they spent so much money on that movie that literally had to. I think they had to sell like. I think they had to sell like a billion make a billion dollars to break even or something like it was something crazy like you know it's like Fox what kind of went what kind seven of times to the budget of the movie so if the movie cost you 250 million take that times seven and that's how much it has to make in order to be that, profitable that is ridiculous that what you know like i understand it takes a lot of money to because you know to get what's his name to be james bond but you know what I that's would, also got to come down they they honestly it like they need to just keep that thing going you know uh and replace them i mean you know that's what bond does right so you know uh instead of paying him 50 million dollars a movie or whatever craziness you know but it's just ridiculous to me that they they set up these models and then the movie has to be everything to everybody so you know, because they want to make sure it sells. They got to make sure that it's right in China, that it's right in Russia or whatever, wherever markets they put it in. And, you know, I, it's like, you know what? I think they need to think of the Jason Blums and the Tyler Perry's and, the, you know, now um, Jordan Peele's and these people that, you know, um, that make these movies for a relatively small cost, but make tons of return. You know, those are the, to me, that's the, the thing is to do that. And then you can, you know, you don't have, I don't think you need it to do it. You need a $250 million on a movie is ridiculous. There's, yes. there's no movie that, you know, you need to, to me, that's some people stealing, <laughs> you know, like well, that's, they're that's stealing money. Actors asking for huge salaries, it's directors asking for huge salaries. It's like, again, this is something that eh, I would like to use this as a future topic to that. It's like Hollywood, let's get real um, about budgets. And we may as well uh, put it out there right now. You don't need $250 million to make the movie. Um, if everybody, it's like really think about it in terms of equipment, time. In the digital age, we're not talking about processing film like we used to. In that sense, it's like the software is available to us for reasonable levels in terms of editing softwares and stuff like that. And it's like also for digital cameras, things like that. Yes, there are expensive digital cameras, but you know what? The, the digital age, it's like there are some amazing cameras that are out there. And there are people who it's like are shooting on basically their camcorder or basically shooting on their telephone making brilliant movies and stuff like that. So really, if you think about it, no, you don't need to have the blown up budgets in terms of actor salaries, really 10 million for, uh, for a picture. I understand. Yes, you do have to pay your, uh, your agent, but it's like, you don't have to buy your agent, their house. Mm, that's not what my agent said. I know, right? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, you know, you can buy so many more things with that. What if the movie were staying at a $10 million budget? Then that way it has to make only seven times box office. The problem is that it's like movies cut to under one or above 10. The sweet spots in between, they're starting to now get back in to the two to fives very rarely. 
Because if you think about it, a lot of it is also the P&A costs. But now with aggregators bringing that down and also digital bringing it down as well for printing costs and all of that, again, you're looking at in marketing with social media and other uh, methods. Again, you're looking at bringing costs down that way. Uh, product placements are starting to also become a huge uh, thing. Uh, Advertising is in front of movies. So if you're thinking about it, it's like really in terms of budgets, let's get real. Let's bring it down to, uh, it's like, why should a tentpole be $250 million? You could spend on 10 movies, $250 million. My thing too about product placement, I understand, you know, whatever greases the wheel, but it depends when it's, when they, kind of slide it in versus it's uh you know like obviously if, if you're watching ben-hur and and he gets on a uh, iphone then obviously that's uh overboard but i mean like uh you know like where it's kind of just in there but it doesn't feel like they're beating you over the head with it you know like um you know what i'm saying if somebody goes i you know if somebody's all like i need to jump in my Ford F-150 with, uh, you know, such and such horsepower, like, then obviously, you know, it's a little overboard with the, <laughs> with, with the product placement. But if it's yeah. just nice and subtle like that, because I remember back in the day, the first, the, when they, um, I don't think they do it as much, but you would see, I think they did this on the X-Files where Mulder and Scully would be on their phone and you could see the bottom of their phone says like AT&T or whatever it was, you know, and, <laughs> you know. Like, you yeah. know, that, that was pretty funny. Uh, but it was obviously they were, that was product placement, you know. So, uh, but, you know, I, I think... A, 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 uh-huh. a, a Golden Turkey Award for stupidest credit. Actually, it was just a nominee. But stupidest uh, credit in uh, the first Christopher Reeve Superman movie, Cheerios by General Mills. <laughs> And there was, there was a scene where the mother was looking out the window and she put this box of Cheerios right in front of the camera. And then on top of that, they had to give it a credit. I'm like, come on, it was product placement. We all saw the Cheerios. <laughs> wasn't there wasn't there a scene where I think Superman got thrown into either a Coke or Pepsi sign, billboard, something like that? Uh, uh, the Coca-Cola sign right. in uh, Times Square, yeah. Right. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> you know that that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it would have been even. And then funnier. the Budweiser beer truck that he, you know, the, the bad guys threw at him. You know, it's like, come on. You know, it'd have been funny though, is if he got tired and he drank a, a coke, mm-hmm. and they gave him his energy back, and he went and defeated. The, that would have been just, you know, everything, right? Well, like Reese's Pieces. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, that was yeah. That actually was pretty slick. Hey, that was slick. But that was worked nicely into yeah. the story. Yeah, that that, that was worked slick. really well. It was overboard, but it was slick. You know, like it's like I see what y'all doing. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, that that was that was well. That the, was the, the the funny story about that is that they actually wanted it to be M and M's, and the M and M's people said no. <laughs> so <laughs> then they found. They found Reese's Pieces and they used that used the yep. Reese's Pieces, and sales for Reese's Pieces went off the hook. Yeah, stupid M and M's made a huge boo boo there. 
it actually that was one of the reasons why I started really eating M and M's because of that. I mean, not M and M's, but uh, Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces. I'm, I'm still a love Reese's pieces, even though I don't yep. eat it. I got I got addicted to them. I had to stop buying them because I'd sit there and eat a one pound bag of Reese's pieces. They were so good. They still are. <laughs> What if they said no? What was going to be the next one? Is it going to be cotton candy? Parties. Cotton candy. Oh, Skittles. <laughs> oh, Skittles. Or it would have been a Cracker Jacks. <laughs> E.T. tastes the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> the granola bar. <laughs> he they done went healthy. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah no, funny. aliens only want the junk food. Only the junk food. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Yes. All right. So, um... I think this is a good time to uh, to do the weekend box office. Indeed. All right, all right, all right. So we got spoiled a little bit, but I don't think it was that much of a spoiling. Uh, all right, number ten. Still... Pe- Go ahead. I was just going to say, if people didn't know about what I was saying, then it just means they're not paying attention. That's right. <laughs> number ten, still in the top ten, is La La Land. Uh, I have yet to see that movie. Number nine, Fifty Shades Darker. Don't let Grandma see that movie. Uh, number eight, The Great Wall. Um, let me see what. Wow, it's only made forty-one million dollars with a hundred and fifty. And it cost them what? A hundred and forty-one. A hundred and fifty million dollar budget. Wow. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, you see, you see their advertisements. You know. This is the most expensive movie ever made on mainland China, $150 million. And I go, you think you would have wanted it to have a better plot? Mm-hmm. Number seven. Just me. Number seven, Hidden Figures. Now, that movie was made with a budget of $25 million and it grossed so far $158 million. So it's more than made back its box office. That's right. Yeah. Number five. John Wick Chapter 2 doesn't say how much... Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Number 6, Before I Fall. My bad. I skipped that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 5, uh, John Wick Chapter 2 is gross so far, $82 million. So it's making a, a nice little profit so far. Uh, number 4, the Lego Batman movie, which was made for $80 Yay! Million. Go Lego Batman! It was made for it's 80. better than the Justice League. Oh, that's funny. How much is it grossed so far? All right, it was made for eighty million dollars, and it's grossed one hundred and forty-eight million so far. Mm, getting there. All right, and number three, The Shack, which I believe was a relig- one of those religious uh, cookie movies. Uh, yeah. It um, it uh, sixteen million, which is really good. And uh, number two, last week's champ, Get Out. Which is was made for four point five million dollars and has grossed seventy eight million dollars. That's awesome. And yes. number one, made for only ninety seven million dollars, uh, but it's grossed in the first week alone eighty eight million dollars. And that is Logan. All right. And that was even in limited run. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even you know now it's in now hundreds it's of theaters. Oh wow! I see. I didn't even know that. I learned something from you guys. I didn't even realize that. Okay, so this is the part of the the show where I am going to uh, read a synopsis and you're going to tell me if you want to see this film. All right. Okay. 
I think no. Okay, I didn't do this one last week. I, uh, I don't think so. Okay, the name of this movie is called My Scientology Movie. Right? I didn't do that one last week, right? No. Okay. Cool. No. All right. Um, here's the synopsis. Inspired by the churches uh, of Scientology's use of filming techniques and aided by ex-members of the organization, Thoreau uses actors to replay some incidents people claim they experienced as members in an attempt to better understand the way it operates. Uh, Wait a minute, is that the full synopsis? Uh, Is there uh, one written in English? Well, here he goes. All right, yeah, this one, yeah, that was kind of a short one. All right, here we go. Synopsis. Uh, filmmaker Louis Thoreau takes on the Church of Scientology after they refuse to participate in a documentary of his. Thoreau enlists the help of director John Dower as they use actors and ex-members of the church to humorously reenact controversial incidents involving the religion, all in an attempt to understand the methods of church of Scientology leader David Miscavige. All right, so we're going to start off with you, Arpo. Uh, I know you have uh, eight copies of Dianetics. Uh, would you go see this movie? I only bought eight copies of Dianetics so I could burn them before they fell into other people's hands. <laughs> no. Not going to go see it in the theater. Not going to watch it on, on Netflix for free. No, no, no. <laughs> what about you, uh, uh, Grayson? When it comes to the movie network, maybe. Um, they did try to shrink me one time from those Dianetics people a really long time ago. And the, I was like, uh, thank you, but no thank you. It's like they were like, well, but you would be a perfect candidate. I was like, for what? And then I was like, no, wait, I don't want to know what I, I would be a perfect candidate for. I'm just going to back out the door now, and I'm really sorry I answered your survey. You know what, though? And, and don't take this <sighs> negatively. I can see you yep. as a Scientologist. There you go. <laughs> so, no, I, I won't be uh, it's like, but I do admire the fact that he does take on the Church of Scientology in regards to that. So, yes, it's like it, it's nice that uh, you know somebody is actually taking on a different point of view. But yes, it's something that more for me, I'd say, when it comes to the movie network or HBO or any of those things, absolutely, I'll so maybe give it a shot. So she says she's going to bootleg it. Um, me personally, uh, I wouldn't go see it in the theater, but I would definitely watch it if it comes on television. I really enjoyed Going Clear. Uh, it's a great documentary if you have not seen it. Uh, I'm sure this is uh, same material but different um, execution. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, but uh, no, I'm not going to yeah. go see it. No. Okay. So our next movie is called Personal Shopper. Director Oliver Assayas reunites with Kristen Stewart in this drama about a young woman who works as a personal shopper. Oh, I, I know a lot of ladies that would love that job. To an egotistically cele- uh, egotistical sorry, celebrity in Paris. While spending much of her time buying expensive clothes and jewelry for Kira, played by Nora von Wallstatten, uh, Maureen, uh, played by Kristen Stewart, is also a spiritual medium trying to make contact with her twin brother, who recently died of congenital heart uh, condition 
that affects her as well. So uh, I can see you also, uh, Grayson, as a uh, personal shopper. So, uh, yes. so would you go see this movie? Um, probably not. It's like a, yes, I would see it when it comes to DVD. Definitely, I will see it then. But theatrically, no, because it, the Devil Wears Prada meets Possessed doesn't sound exactly like the movie that would be. You know, one of those ones I'd go out and rush for. <laughs> what about you, Arpo? Well, I've seen the trailer for this movie, and I noticed it has Stephen Merchant in it, who I really, really admire. But that's not enough to make me want to go see a movie with Christian Stewart in it. Uh, I will probably watch it when it comes on to the uh, home streaming format, but until then... No, not something I'd pay for. Hmm. Okay. Would you uh, take a job as a personal shopper, by the way? Yes. What about you? In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Me too. What? I mean, that sounds like it's fun, right? Actually, it's not. It's not. It, it, well, it's, it's, it's not as much fun as they make it out to be in movies. I mean, you can get some real bitchy people. And boy, you <laughs> you better really know what you're doing with some of these people because they 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 will castrate you for buying something that's not their fashion. Oh wow! Okay. All right. The so next movie is The Dark Below. Synopsis: A young woman, Lauren May Schaefer, is abducted by serial killer David G. B. Oh. Brown who forces her to enter the icy waters below a frozen uh, frozen over lake. With the clock ticking, she must figure out a way to survive while her abductor monitors her from the service. surface. Ooh, blah, blah. Written and directed by Douglas Schultz. All right, so we're going to start off with you, Arpo. The dark below. What are we seeing this? Mm. Tempting, but I I I feel like I've seen it before, so I think I think I would wait on that one. Hmm. Okay. What about you, Greg? I think I would. Sounds kind of interesting. Yes, it does sound a lot like a couple of things I've seen before, but at the same time, I'd kind of like to see what the twist is—the fact that she's having hypothermia. Well. You know, trying to escape this person. Hmm. Well, I am, I wouldn't go see it, but I would definitely see it on on um, cable or something. It sounds interesting. So, mm-hmm. but you know, the truth is, I probably never see it. <laughs> so, you know, darn it. All right. So, our last movie of this week is Kong Skull Island. Dun dun dun. Rated PG-13. It's an hour and 58 minutes action-adventure sci-fi fantasy. Alright, here we go. A secret government organization mounts an expedition to Skull Island, an uncharted territory in the Pacific. Led by an explorer, John Goodman, and a lieutenant colonel, Samuel L. Jackson, the group 
recruits a disillusioned soldier, Tom Hiddleston, and a photojournalist, Brie Larson, to investigate the island's uh, peculiar seismic activity. But once there, uh, they discover the Skull Islands is home to a gigantic ape called King Kong and find themselves caught up in an ongoing war between be- the beast and the area's indigenous predators. Uh, directed, uh, I'm sorry, Jordan uh, Vogt Roberts directed this reboot of the classic monster franchise. Grayson Sonata, Kong Skull Island. Are we going to watch this? Uh, maybe you will. I definitely know. Okay. No, 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 no. You know, it's like, I'm sorry, but, you know, the 50th reboot of King Kong just does not appeal. Okay. What about you, Arpo? You're wrong, Grayson. I'm sorry. You're very, very wrong. Would you like me to review it? I saw it this morning. Cool. All right. Don't, no spoilers, though. But, okay, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. This movie made me feel like I was young, a, a young child in the movie theaters experiencing the awe and wonder of, of seeing a different world. It really brought that back to me, the real Saturday matinee feeling. It was well-written, well-conceived. The special effects are great. Uh, by the way, that, that description you read of it, where they said it was a giant ape named King Kong, everybody gets this wrong. His name is Kong. He's king of the island. And for the natives, he's a god, because what the characters don't know is there is actually something worse than Kong on the island. And despite the warnings they get from the natives and from a downed World War II fighter pilot, they proceed to very carelessly upset the ecology of the island. It's it's a it's an ecology story it's a monster story it's a great suspense thriller and it just made me excited about going to a movie again and i have not had that personally in a long time yes i had the same trepidation trepidation as grayson of do i really want to see another king kong reboot this is not a reboot this is taking kong in a whole new direction, even if it was primarily to set up the big King Kong Godzilla fight movie in 2020, I think now they're saying it's going to be, or 2019. It's going to be a while. Well, but, uh, two thumbs up, two big toes up, uh, just, just a, a great, great action flick with a seriously good plot and good acting. Okay, I I would have to say that I am not a fan of King Kong, right? I don't I've never liked it, right? Uh and I hated King Kong versus Godzilla because I'm a I'm team Godzilla. 
and uh, <laughs> I was pissed. Uh, spoiler alert: in that in the original film, Godzilla is defeated by King Kong, and it always pissed me off. One is King Godzilla is way bigger than King Kong, but in the movie they make him like the same height, which I guess I, I get. But anyway, there's no way Godzilla could lose to King Kong. Come on now, but you know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I was never a big fan of King Kong. And I really didn't care for Peter Jackson's movie. Didn't really care to watch it. And when I did see it, I didn't. I was bored to tears. Right? But Mm -hmm. I have to say, from the promos and then now hearing Arpo's, uh, you know, description of it. And and there are other people who speak very highly of it, who I trust their opinion. You know, I'm. I could totally see myself going to see it tomorrow, or shoot, maybe tonight. Who knows? Um, it looks like you know, it looks really good, and I definitely want to see it. Uh, you know, uh, I I like. You know, I didn't care for the Godzilla movie that much that came out a couple of years ago, but I'm really interested in the whole King Kong versus Godzilla. I think they're doing it kind of like the Avengers. You know, uh, Marvel, you know, uh, and, and I think it's pretty cool. You know, I think it's cool. So, uh, I'm really interested in it. I mean, it looks good. And the thing that it has an advantage over a Godzilla movie is, yeah, they had Brian Cranston in it, who, uh, spoiler alert, uh, doesn't last that very long in the movie, but it really didn't have much anybody else in it. Uh, whereas this movie, it's got a lot of really good actors like John Goodman, is great in everything and Samuel Jackson. And I mean, just the cast is great, you know, up and down. Yeah. And, uh, it, it they look like they're taking the, the material serious. Would you agree with that? That's your assessment. Oh yes. Very, very much so. And John C. Riley, once again, you know, Still one of the movie. great underrated actors, he is just mm-hmm. absolutely spot on for every line in this movie. And, yeah, I'll be honest, not all of the big stars are going to make it to the end. I won't say which ones, but, uh, you know, it's, when you're dealing with Kong, that's just going to happen, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it looks it looks really good. So, I, yeah. So, definitely, that's something I would going to see. Now, since we're not going to be on uh, for the next two weekend, uh, two Fridays, uh, I'm a, the, the two, there's two more movies that I guess we have to talk about real quick. Uh, I'll yes. read the synopsis and, uh, and they all come out to both of them come out next week. So, uh, all right. So, uh, this one is beauty and the beast, uh, Bill Condon, who directed dream girls directed this live action retelling of the Disney, uh, animated classic from 1991. As before this fairy tale centers around, uh, centers on young woman named Belle, uh, Emma Watson, who is forced uh, to live in a in, in, in sorry, who I can read enchanted castle with a prince who is cursed to look like the hideous beast Dan Stevens. Uh, no, not that he's cursed to look like Dan Stevens, who's a hideous beast, but he's cursed to look like a hideous beast. And the actor playing this hideous beast is Dan Stevens. Okay, let me clarify that. Uh, in time, the pair fall in love as Belle learns to see. The good man hiding behind uh, the beast's monstrous, uh, monstrous. <laughs> I can't talk tonight. Uh, exterior. The film co-stars Luke Evans as Gaston, Ewan McGregor. I didn't know he was in this. 
as uh, Lemire, uh, Emma Thompson as Mrs. Potts, Ian McKellen as uh, Coxworth, uh, Kevin Klein as Bell's father. Oh, they dug him up. As well as Josh Gad <laughs> as uh, Gaston's wow. sidekick, LeFou. Le Le um, B, you know, can I say something real quick? Sure. And then I'll let, and then I'll ask you guys. Them hooking up, isn't that like bestiality? No. No. Because no action happened until he transforms. Okay. All right. That's kind of low-key bestiality. But anyway, so we're going to start off with you, Arpo. Uh, does this sound like something you would go see? Uh, probably, yes. I will say I've been looking forward to the movie coming out just so they'll stop that damn... Here's a sneak peek at Beauty and the Beast. And it's really just a, a thing to make you turn off your phones. I'm sick of that one. <laughs> but uh, I, I probably will go see it, although nothing is ever going to replace Jean Godard's Beauty and the Beast. That's That was the definitive one for me. Hmm. What about you, Gray? I am going to go see it. I'm actually looking forward to going to see it because it's like I see mostly every version of Beauty and the Beast to greater or lesser degrees. Um, reason why I do want to go and see it is like the cast is interesting on that in it. Um, and I'd like to see if there is anything new on the take. I've seen it live, uh, live action Beauty and the Beast, and that was just absolutely incredible when I saw it at the Royal Alexander Theater. I have to say that I was just absolutely floored seeing the live version. So since then, um, there's been a couple of versions film-wise that have kind of been like, mm, meh, but I'm hoping that they might redeem themselves with this version. All right, all right. Okay, and our last film that we're going to um, look at um, do you guys remember what you guys were doing in 1997? Yes. What about you, Arpo? S sort of. Okay. Well, maybe this film will kind of remind you of one weekend where you probably went to the cinema and and watched the uh, <laughs> the uh, part one of this uh, movie. Uh, we have T two, which is hilarious. Train spotting. Uh, T2. That's funny. <laughs> um, the next chapter in the lives of the quartet, Scottish junkies, Ewan McGregor. Oh, he got two movies coming out in the same week. Uh, Robert Carlyle, Johnny Lee Miller, and uh, Ewan uh, Rimmer. 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 Brennan. Brimner. Sorry. In which they swear off heroin uh, in favor of careers in pornography. <laughs> All four cast members from the 1997 cult hit rejoin original director Danny Boyle uh, for this sequel based on Train Spotting authors uh, Irving Welsh's 2002 novel, uh, novel, novel, porno. I can't talk tonight. I'm sorry, you guys. Please, Lord, forgive me. Um, okay, so I, I didn't realize this was based on the book. Oh, okay. I mean, on the sequel, there's a book sequel that this is based off of. Okay, that's pretty interesting. Um, first of all, are we all uh, fans of the original? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It was an amazing movie, I thought. And 
And, you know, before we get into Would You Go See the Sequel, just, you know, I'm looking at, like, 97, right? Danny Boyle's done pretty well since then, right? <laughs> uh, Ewan McGregor, I mean, he's yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, <laughs> you know, like, he's done well. Uh, Robert Carlyle, Johnny Lee Miller, I yep. mean, you know, they've all you know, pretty much had a wonderful career since this movie. And uh, 20 years later, this is really interesting. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start off with you, uh, Arpo. Same director, same cast. How could it not be as good as the original? Usually I worry about a sequel. I'm not worried about this one. Mm, even though it's 20 years later, huh? Uh... Good things tend to improve with age. Okay. What about you, Gray? Oh, absolutely. I am so there. It's like, you know, I loved train spotting. I was like, yeah. And the fact that it's like, yeah, even 20 years later, it means that they had time to hone their craft, and it's probably going to be one fabulous movie. You know, I'm I'm looking forward to it. When I first heard about train spotting, too, I was like, Really? I mean, just let the first one stand on its own. But then, as more I keep hearing about it, I'm like, you know what? Why not be good? I mean, Danny Boyle is pretty solid. Yes. He, he you know, yeah. he doesn't have pr- I, too many lemons in his career. He's really solid, a solid filmmaker who, you know, I'm not going to say every movie he's made is great, but he is a, his hit-to-miss ratio is pretty high. <laughs> you know, like, he's he pretty damn good. He projects very well. He's pretty damn good. Uh, like I can't. I'm trying to think of like a movie of his I just hated, and I couldn't think of anything. So uh, why not? You know, you and McGregor. I seen them all on Graham Norton show. I don't know if you guys know about the Graham Norton show. It's a wonderful yeah. show in the UK. Oh, I love that show. Yeah, Graham Norton's great. Go BBC. Yeah, and um, so and they were you know they were all there with Danny Boyle, and I didn't know this that you and McGregor and Danny Boyle actually had fallen out with each other for years. So they actually made up a couple of years ago and it led to them being able to do this. So, and they said it was over something totally stupid, you know, like, which a lot of these things are, right? You know? Yeah. And uh, they felt really silly that, uh, you know, because <laughs> they said before they made up, they had pretty much made up with each other in their head, but then they were too stubborn to just go ahead and give the call. You know, mm-hmm. to say, hey, look, it's been all this time and whatever it was, it was dumb. And I think they ended up, if I remember correctly, they were on the same plane with each other. And then they just finally said, you know what? You know, they just happened to be on the same plane, you know? So then they sat next to each other and hashed it out. So, and now we have Very this film. Cool. So, so I think it's pretty cool. So, um, but you know, like I said, all these guys are really great actors and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, I, um, it should be a good movie. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'll get a chance to see it in the theater. I really would like to, but, um, I'm definitely going to watch it. That's for sure. I can't wait to see it. So, uh, that is, uh, the film. Um, now there's one more thing I want to do before we say goodbye. Uh, um, they have some films that are coming out in the double feature, right? Um, mm-hmm. These are these are films, you know. Um, these are older films that um, that uh, they're re-releasing in a double feature, and 
I just wanted to uh, to do some um, either or with you guys real quick. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, mind you, I'm not putting these together. These are the double features. So you got to tell me which one would you go see over the other one, all right? All right. Yeah. Rosemary's Baby. This is the, you know, the original Mia Farrow. Mm-hmm. Or Sharon Stone's Diabolique. Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, I think that one's pretty easy. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock's Daryl M. for Murder or Alec Baldwin as the Shadow? Dial M. for Murder. Dial M. for Murder, even though it was a movie that Hitchcock personally hated. <laughs> All right. The original Point Break with uh, Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves or Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse. 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 Come on, that is like the the essential Patrick Swayze movie. Really? Uh I mean, yeah. I'm look, I uh you know, I love both movies, you know, and I probably, you know, thinking about it, I'm probably more of a I, I probably agree with you. I, I would go see uh Roadhouse if I had to choose between, but don't sleep yeah. though on the original Point Break. Don't don't let the remake make you uh, lose love for the uh, for the um, the original. I I had no love for the original either, so that's okay. Really, that was a good movie. Yeah. I don't know about you. Okay, so and then the last one is North by Northwest, um, which is Alfred Hitchcock, or the mm-hmm. film uh, Shattered. Ooh, that uh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say shattered. Really? Uh, Edging it out by like like hairs, breath. That's interesting. Okay. No, I I I I have to go with North by Northwest. It is it is one of my favorites of Hitchcock's, and rarely has a movie had so many iconic settings in it, including you know, when else do you get a chase scene on the faces of Mount Rushmore? Yeah, love it. Enough said. Love it. Yeah, North by Northwest all the way. That's one of my favorite movies of all time. Love that movie, but then I love Shattered is a great movie too. It is. Shattered is. It's a great movie. Yes. No. No. No argument there. Yes. Oh, there's one I forgot. (laughs) I didn't put these together. So. Um, Okay. (laughs) The Godfather, 1972. The Godfather, the original one. Mm -hmm. Or Smokey and the Bandit. (laughs) Smokey and the Bandit. Are you freaking okay? uh, Let me get to. Uh-huh. For sheer balls to the wall entertainment, Smokey and the Bandit, man. Really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. I... That's the guilty pleasure movie. Oh wow! Godfather beats almost everything for me. But you know, I guess it depends on uh, how much time you got, right? <laughs> that is funny. So you know. All right, so uh, 
I'll take it back to Grayson and she can close out the day, the, the night. Well, also, so what we've learned tonight is that casting is extremely important. Hollywood is too high off in the, the film industry in terms of budgets and that we really need to get more original box office going. But that being said, we, uh, it's like we're going to be back again after this wonderful uh, break for the next uh, week. We're not having a Wednesday show or Friday show, but we'll be back again on the following Wednesday with the movie time and then we'll follow up on the following week with our Wednesdays and Friday shows. In the meantime, so how do we get you in social media again, Arpo? Well, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me at the Movies Underground and their forums. I am on LinkedIn. I forgot to mention that one last time. Uh, and also on Skype under Rich Posh Product. Make sure and tell me you're a fan of movie time for the Skype, though, because I... I get too many offers from uh, women from bizarre countries wanting to marry me. So, what can I say? I'm just that kind of a guy. And don't try to reach me this weekend. I'm going to be busy with my birthday present. Ooh. Uh, does she come from Russia? <laughs> and Kinjay, how did we get used to <laughs> He didn't answer the question. <laughs> That's funny. Um, real quick, uh, you can get me at Kente F and you can follow the show. Uh, you can go to uh, IndieRadio.org to get uh, more information about our shows. Also, too, I have a couple announcements to make. Or uh, One is a reiteration is that now we are a 24-hour radio station, so you can tune in, you can catch our old shows, you can catch music. I do have the uh, calendar up of uh, when you can check, see what comes up. We do replays of this show, like... Uh, this show will be replaying um, as well. And uh, also, too, um, another thing, too, is uh, that this specific show, uh, Movie Time, is now on TuneIn Radio. So uh, I just uh, got the word uh, yesterday that you can Woo! now get the Movie Time on, on TuneIn Radio. So congratulations with that. And uh, also you can get Indie Radio, the the full radio station too. Uh, the that stream is now on TuneIn Radio as well. Um, another thing too is we're going to start doing um, the spotlight and movie time on Friday nights. So we'll get a double feature uh, that will um, that'll probably start. Um, even though this show will be back on the thirty first on Fridays, uh, um, I'm I'm thinking. Um, Either the seventh, seventh, or the fourteenth will be uh, the return of the spotlight. So uh, I'm still putting, planning, putting some stuff together, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. We're gonna do a lot of topics, a lot of uh, interviews, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of really cool things. I got a lot of topics that I want to talk about that I think will be a lot of fun, and uh, so you'll get a lot of movie time, you get a lot of uh, spotlight, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So that will be on, um, that'll be in April, the return of the spotlight. And, uh, so just a lot of great things here. Also too, um, I had a show a couple of years ago called the playlist and, uh, we're mm -hmm. going to bring that back as well as, uh, beyond the note, we're going to have some music centric shows and the playlist is a show where, uh, P guests beforehand will submit a playlist of 15 songs and we'll play the majority of your playlist and you'll talk about the guests will talk about why they like the music that they like. 
uh, it was it, it went over very well. I think uh, people will love it. So we're going to bring that show back in, uh, in April, May, something like that. As well as Beyond the Note is a music-centric show where we interview musicians and, and different artists. And, uh, and we also play music on that show as well. So a lot of things are on on the come up and uh make sure you guys check out our shows uh talking black sales as well as uh uh talking about walkers the walking dead podcast <coughs> we won't be yep. on monday but we will be on on um on uh sunday night so it's gonna be a special sunday night we're gonna figure out how we're gonna get that all going um so just stay tuned on indieradio.org and our facebook and all of that stuff and twitter and um, we'll say exactly when the times is, but with, if you comment while we're uh, while we're watching, hey, we can do that for sure. So I just want to thank everybody, and uh, once again, happy birthday to you, Arpo. And I'm looking forward to seeing hey! Kong and Logan. Yeah, and also uh, we are putting a challenge out there to all of you uh, out there because we are looking for a new theme for movie time. It's like a new opening credits theme. It's like, and you could be the one who comes up to be the new theme for our show. So we are putting it out there to you. You got original material? Send it on over. And you can also catch me as well on LinkedIn, Bizipedia, um, goodness, on Facebook, on our Twitter, at, at Movie Time Indie, at Sonata Grayson. And like I say, if you can't find me, you're not stalking me hard enough. So with that being said, we have had a fantastic time, and thank you, thank you, thank you all for listening, and I look forward to hearing what the musical contributions come up to, as well as also uh, talking again uh, about movies and talking about walkers on Sunday, as well as also again all of our exciting new announcements that are coming up and all the new shows. So take care, everyone, and have a wonderful evening. <laughs>